The Film Guide with Sam and Chris, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to the St Albans Film Guide with Sam and Chris. I am Chris and I'm joined uh, this week, as always, by uh, Dr. Samantha Rolf, a PhD, a doctor of film theory, I believe, in <laughs> cinema studies. No, absolutely not. No? I can only claim to have a vague interest in films, really. A vague interest? Well, in comparison oh, well. to someone with a PhD in film that's, studies, that, yes. That's fair, that's <laughs> fair. But you're still, you're a learned individual, so uh, what you say must be true. Um, oh, so, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so in this first part of this podcast, well, it's it's been a, it's been a pretty sweltering week. Uh, this week just gone why not go cool off and sit in a nice air-conditioned cinema Uh, so what might people want to go see uh, this new at the cinema this week beautiful segue thank you so out this week is old ah yes uh, a movie uh, by m night Shyamalan. yes and uh, starring quite a, a number of people I don't think you have to list them all necessarily. No, there's quite a few. Are there any there that stand out to you, Chris? Uh, I, I go with uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, is relatively well known. Rufus Sewell. Emmett Davids is um, Miss Honey from Matilda. Uh, Eliza Scanlon was one of the Little Women. Uh, and Thomasin McKenzie was uh, in Jojo Rabbit. So, yeah, it's quite a, quite a long cast list there. Yeah. I, I enjoy films, but I don't know anyone's name. So that's <laughs> obviously great for, you know, something like a podcast where you're describing things. We, we just got rid of Simon Carver because of that very reason. That's not true. We didn't get rid of Simon. I should uh, I should correct the statement there. He left of his own accord. This is a thriller <laughs> about a family on a tropical holiday uh, who discover a secluded beach. So, you know... Especially uh, in these times, you don't want to be near too many people. Yep. Uh, they they are there relaxing for a few hours. Um, but however, this beach seems to have some mysterious property in which time is advancing rapidly and individuals are aging to the point of death and decay and beyond. So it's quite an interesting concept that, and and in the trailer they sort of are trying to figure out why this is happening, and obviously don't know who's going to be next. You know, this sort of I guess it's quite quite a scary concept. You know, like you watch your children go from age six to being uh, mid to late teens, and suddenly they're like, you know, they don't understand what's happening to them. You don't understand what's happening either. So I thought I thought it was quite an interesting concept, and I'd like to see how it played out. You know, and obviously what? Shyamalan is known for a twist or two. So whether that is going to play a part in in this film, I'm not sure. Yeah, obviously he um, when he hit the scene in the nineties. The Sixth Sense was obviously such a a big hit and then followed up with other successes like Unbreakable. And then he he kind of, the films were sort of less and less quality at The Village, uh, which I saw at cinema when it first came out. Um, I remember being pretty good. Um, Yeah, I enjoyed that one. But then it sort of, his films seemed to get more and more sort of convoluted. and, And yeah, the twist... I think became like so much of a part that people were sitting waiting for a twist. Yeah. Maybe to the detriment of the films themselves. But he seems to be sort of, especially since his very ill-fated attempt at um, making The Last Airbender, which was not very well critically received, he seems to be getting a bit back on track. 
when I originally watched the trailer and and saw the title of this movie, it reminded me of it reminded me of in Friends when Joey gets a part in a movie and he has to drive to Las Vegas uh, yeah. in Phoebe's grandmother's cab. Um, and he sort of describes the the plot of the movie and um, his character meets this woman and then goes back to see her the next day and knocks on the, on her door and then an old lady opens it and says, "Well, Alice hasn't been around here for twenty five years." <laughs> And this concept of the, the movie reminded me of that. So I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they've just been watching a lot of Friends recently. You know, there's been a reunion and all that. Yeah, that's true. It could be very obvious or it could have some very deep and in- exciting underlying fear factor or something. So that could be quite fun. Well, if uh, people don't fancy a horror movie, uh, what else can they go see? Well, if you enjoy uh, the music of Blondie, because this uh, in the trailer very specifically mentioned the fact it's featuring uh, said music, which I personally would enjoy very much, uh, you can go to see Off the Rails. This is a reminiscent movie where some friends recreate their interrail journey across Europe, um, which obviously is famous more famously done by uh, younger people just out of school, maybe 17 to 20 or something like that. Yeah, I, I did that when I was... When did I do it? A long time ago. <laughs> anyway, continue. So there are four friends and one of whom has passed away. And so the daughter of said friend is taking her place on this uh, trip as part of the reading of the will or whatever, which isn't actually really a thing, but it happens a lot in movies. They get given these tickets to recreate this journey. And we've got quite a few famous faces that you might recognise in there. So we've got Judy Dench. Andrea Kaur is in there. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure that she's one of the main cast, but... This is the the final screen appearance of Kelly Preston, who sadly passed away last year. Uh, this is her, who she she was married to John Travolta, but um, obviously a seasoned actor in her own right, uh, appearing in um, Jerry Maguire, for instance, Twins. Uh, but yeah, she sadly passed away last year, and so this is her final film. Oh, okay, I didn't realise that. Yes, that is sad. The only thing I would say is, and obviously I haven't seen the movie, I don't know, it might be perfectly well written, but <laughs> there are a lot of movies that are coming out that are based in women, in stories about women, and they're, you know, especially stories we don't hear a lot. So these are people who are menopausal, they're, you know, coming to the end of their careers in, well, maybe not quite to the end, you know, they're in their 50s, but they're, you know, they've, they've gone through a lot of their career already. And yet it's written by a man, which again, it's fine. Men are allowed to write, write women characters, but like, I would just like to sit through a movie where a lot of the main cast are women about stories about women where it's written by a woman. But, you know, we'll get there eventually, hopefully. Hopefully, yes. And like I say, I haven't seen the movie, can't actually judge it at this point. If people don't want to see a horror movie about people aging rapidly at a beach, or they don't want to, they don't fancy a cross-European uh, journey of self-discovery with women in their 50s, mm. what can they see that's new this week? Yeah, the third one that I've got here is called Riders of Justice. And this is a Danish film with uh, Mads Mikkelsen of... The, the very handsome and debonair Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, and I was going to say from another movie that I knew I did have in my mind, but I've forgotten. Come on, you can name another Mads Mikkelsen film. Oh, I want to see maybe some MCU. He, he, yes, he is in the MCU. Come on, you can narrow it down. No, oh, I know which one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of James Bond. Yes, where he's he also one is of a those. villain. Yeah, he gets some diamonds in his face. I think. No, you. <laughs> no, is that a different guy? <laughs> You're mashing up. Um, uh, yes, that was a Pierce Brosnan film. He's not in that one. Oh, 
He's in a much more recent one, right? Though he is, yes. Daniel Craig. Okay. Yeah. I mean, all James Bond movies are exact same, so whatever. Um, he, he, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you out your misery. He was in Casino Royale. Thank you He's so the much. bad guy in Casino Royale. He makes some explosions happen, I'm sure. So uh, probably, yeah. But anyway, so we have, yeah, this. Um, of course, it's in uh, Danish with uh, subtitles, or perhaps dubs in places i don't know at some point if it streams on netflix i'm sure you can have english as the audio but essentially the the, the plot line revolves around um him returning home to care for his daughter when his wife has died in a tragic train accident however a survivor surfaces and then claims that there was foul play involved so it wasn't an accident so now that he's suspecting that his wife was murdered he goes on a mission to find those responsible and um so yeah it seems like quite a sort of serious and uh, revenge-based movie but Chris you actually feel like that isn't necessarily the case when when I first when I first saw the trailer for this it looked it was very serious Mads Mikkelsen's got a very he's got a very big beard and he's got a very severe sort of almost shaven head he's in he's in angry Mads Mikkelsen mode Uh and him and his him and his friends yeah go out for revenge but the reviews I've read about it have said actually how very funny it is and Wikipedia does describe it as an action comedy. And there were a couple of bits in the trailer which sort of hinted like were a bit sort of funny, but you get those in action films like occasionally, just sprinkles of humour. But yeah, just how funny it is, which I think the trailer doesn't really show you. But it has had uh, incredibly positive reviews. So I would actually very much like to see this one. Excellent. So we've had two films about train rides and one um, about <laughs> about a beach, which you may find at the end of your train ride, uh, potentially, depending you on where you're indeed. going. So yeah, that that's um, all the main uh, releases in the cinema this week. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm, and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Part 2 uh, we're going to discuss what's new to streaming. Sam, what can we find on streaming services? Well, it's a little bit of slim pickings uh, now that cinemas are opening up. Um, perhaps that's just coincidental, but I think it probably isn't super co- coincidental. So we have on Netflix a comedy called Bankrolled. Mm. And this is, from what I could gather, a Mexican film. Okay, There isn't a lot about it on the internet that I could find. Um, perhaps sure. because if it's you know a Mexican movie, there's probably a Mexican Wikipedia page, but not perhaps an English language page yet. I don't know. So essentially, it seems that two unemployed millennials get drunk, classic millennial, and they have these entrepreneurial aspirations, and they decide while drunk to pitch a pitch an idea about a revolutionary app to a crowdfunding site. You know, obviously probably one that's made up within that universe of the film but something similar to like kickstarter or that sort of thing then the the crowdfunding funders decide to actually fund them and so 
having just made up this thing while drunk and not really remembering much about it the next day, they realise they have to now actually create this app and much hilarity ensues. Okay. So it is a, it is a comedy, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. it's it's pegged as a comedy. Okay. So well, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's my, personally my kind of thing, but maybe uh maybe it has maybe it has its uh, sort of charm in there, I don't know. Sure, sure. Uh what else if they don't fancy Bankrolled? Well, also coming out on Netflix is a movie called Resort to Love. Um so I feel like this is a play on words because if you're resorting to love, uh, versus the movie being set in a resort. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe someone thought about that and thought that was uh, a good way to go. So this is actually a uh, rom-com starring Christina Millen, and she is an aspiring pop star who um, ends up as the entertainment at her ex-fiance's wedding after you know reluctantly taking a gig. Because you know, as a as an aspiring pop star, she's not she's not hitting number ones at, at this point. So she's still working her way up through the business, and so she tries to keep their past a secret. But then you know, much hilarity, much ensues. hilarity ensues because it's a rom com, and you know, will she sing at the new fiance and her ex fiance's wedding, or will she be singing at her own? Ooh, who's to say? Okay. I feel like I'm being a bit overly sarcastic about that. I, I apologise, but I, I, again, yeah, a lot of people put a lot of effort into making that film. For sure, give it give it a chance. I'm sorry, yes, but yeah, not again, not really my type of thing. But if you know, if you're into sort of rom com stuff, then then maybe this is a warm and funny romantic story as it is uh, exploring bonds of love and family. So, is there any other films on any other streaming services or? Not that I could find. Amazon don't seem to have any um, any of their own stuff coming out. Of course, they are adding um, other production. Like I think there's some series about some archaeologist dude that finds an ark and other such things um, coming. Yeah, to- what's the? I don't know. It's bit- I know. I know the name of that yeah, somewhere. I, there's a hat. There's a. There's a. Uh, he's got. He's got a, a whip or something. I think. Yeah. No one really knows. No one's ever heard of it, so they probably won't bother. But if you no. if you are a fan of Indiana Jones, then find it on Amazon as of today. The Film Guide with Sam and Chris. Part of the St. Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Part three. This is the time when uh, the Doctor of Cinema Studies and Film Theory, Samantha Rolfe, really gets to shine. You set last time you were here, you set up how you were going to be basically having a, a Friday night Fright Night. That's right, yeah. Friday Fright Night, that's right. Friday Fright Night. And you said you were going to watch, uh, this time, you were going to watch Ma, directed by Tate Taylor, uh, and discuss it. So, summarise the plot of Ma in one sentence. Okay, well, first of all, I'll say I am going to go into a little detail about the various plot lines and things within this movie. So if you want Mm. to avoid spoilers, please skip to... 25 minutes and 35 seconds. Okay, so Ma in one sentence. Mm, okay. Lost and lonely middle-aged woman provides parties and drink for young teenage high schoolers, turns dangerous and deadly. Sounds terrifying. Great. So what are we watching <laughs> next month? No. Um, <laughs> so this stars Octavia Spencer, Academy Award winning mm. uh, actor Octavia Spencer, as as the titular Ma and well, first of all, what did you think of the film? 
Uh, I really enjoyed it. I when I saw how long it was going to be, it's an hour and fifty minutes around that. Mm. I was like, mm, okay, how can they? Re- I don't know. I don't know why that sort of made me think. Oh, how are they going to fill almost two hours? You know, horror movies don't tend to be that long um, often. But yeah, I shouldn't have judged it on that at all because it, it was absolutely perfectly. It was perfectly timed and everything. The build up of the movie was because I feel like a lot of movie for horror movies, especially, you have like 10, 15, 20 minutes of sort of build up. Here's set the scene. Here's the here's the scenario, and then it's like hack and slash and. That's fine if it's like a gore festy hostel saw those type of movies. Like that's what you're going into it expecting, right? Yeah. However, yeah, this is more of a sort of psychological thriller, I guess, in that respect. Then, because you are building these relationships uh, very well, it's very well done. Where Ma, just pure coincidence, happens to end up buying a crate of alcohol for these underage. High schoolers who who are asking anyone who happens to be walking by whether they would go into the store and, and purchase the drink, right? And obviously, most people are like knackered because they could get horror, you know, they could get arrested. The store owner could get in, in a lot of trouble as well. Mar obviously takes a chance and buys buys the booze for them, and then she's kind of worried about them driving around because they've got this big van and they're driving around drinking. Although the driver. Um, says that he's not drinking but then she says well why don't you come back to my place you can hang out in my basement and they're like sure why not which i feel like seems like quite an alien concept to us in here in the uk but i feel like this kind of thing probably happens a lot more in america which actually is what the writer um said about this movie he actually based it on a couple of experiences that he had when he was younger um where this essentially not the not the horror death part, but the the part where a sort of odd, lonely, probably like twenty four, but uh, no, what, who he thought was probably about twenty four at the time, but probably was actually more like thirty four, had invited a bunch of people that he knew back to yeah, like a basement where they all hung hung out and drank underage and everything. Um, and he said, it seems like the kind of thing that happens in a lot of towns, especially sort of uh, rural ones where there's not a lot else to do. So this was based on, you know, real life experience. Yeah. And she, she, um, they all have this great time. They, they listen to some music and uh, the soundtrack is very 80s based. Um, it's quite, quite fun. Um, funky Town, Safety Dance, those kind of songs. That sort of has this uh, sort of a bit of a retro vibe to it as well, which which is really fun. Ma then clearly enjoyed their company. She see, It seems like she's out there by herself in this big house and so ends up bumping into them. Like I say, it's not that big of a town. Bumps into them again, says, oh, do you want to come back again? Uh, we can have more fun. I'll get you some more booze. And she kind of imposes herself on them and at, at one point shows up at their school and is this is in the trailer, says, oh, I'll get you drinks, you can come by. And they're like, um, we kind of got homework and it's a school night and all this. And she feels slighted by that, which, you know, I guess I guess you could understand. And what with, you know, social media and such, Ma is following them and finding out about them on their social medias and finds out that they're related to a lot of the people she actually went to high school with. So then they're, Uh-oh. yeah, this kind of starts to escalate here now because she's she's associating them, these young teenagers, with those people uh, that she went to high school with. And we are treated to a flashback. I, I'm guessing that these people 
I didn't see the film because I'm a big old wuss. But I'm guessing these people did not treat Ma particularly well when they were at high school. You would be 100% correct there, Chris. Well, there you go. So I won't go into the detail because obviously it, it does reveal a, 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 you know more and more as the movie goes on. And I don't want to spoil it entirely for everyone. But yes, they are not the most kind people towards Ma. And so this is obviously a trigger for her and she started to sort of fall over the edge of of what is healthy interacting with these young stu- uh, young students. It's one of those where at first it was just them those five and then suddenly the next time they're there there's tens of people there. So it becomes this whole thing, everyone's hanging out at Mars, all this. And basically the one rule that Mars has, in fact there might have been two rules, I forget what one of them was, <laughs> but one of the the one very major important rule was please don't Don't talk about Fight Club. D- yeah, don't talk about Fight Club and don't go upstairs because they're, they're hanging out in the basement. There is a stairway up to the main house. She says, don't go up there. There's a toilet down here you can use. So yeah, strange things start to happen. They notice that she appears to be wearing jewellery that was belonging to another friend of theirs. They end up going upstairs at one point and hearing mysterious sounds. And it all sort of links back to everything that's happened in the past and like i say this unhealthy relationship that ma has started to create with these these students versus her relationships with their parents so yeah it, it's really quite nuanced there's like a lot of different layers running through through the movie like you could easily watch it as like very superficially but i think like if you are familiar as well with not only horror genre but also true crime you'll notice a a big nod to a very well-known story that happened in America. The writer, I didn't actually say his name, Scotty Landis, um, he wanted to explore popularity as a vice and he doesn't think that people are really talking about this so much because, you know, especially, well, in the UK, everywhere in the world, of course, but we see a lot of high school-based films that are very focused on popular popularity. You know, you've got the popular kids, you've got the sporty kids, you've got um, most, yeah, often which are crossover group, I suppose. You've got the nerds, you've got the other groups that split off um, that aren't the popular kids. And so he, he really wanted to explore what it would be like if someone really held on to that issue um, of, popular, of wanting to be popular and never quite reaching that um, point uh, in their high school days. And so I thought that that was very interesting. Um, and linking back to the true crime, Scotty Landis is a co he's a, a comedy writer, but he's also a co-host of a podcast called Bananas, which is on the Exactly Right Network, which was started by My Favourite Murder, uh, which is a very popular true crime podcast, who also have a another podcast on that network is called I Saw What You Did. And it has two ladies on there speaking about movies, um, discussing them in quite a lot of detail, uh, a theme of which um, they have each each time. And Scotty was actually talking with them recently about this movie, which actually came out in 2019. And I don't actually remember... Do you remember it being in the cinema? I think I remember when it came out. It passed me by entirely. But he feels like it became a kind of a cult classic already um, because of the sort of interaction that people still have with the movie, even, you know, a couple of years later. People say they've watched it multiple times. They quote, there are memes. And they talk to him about it on an episode called 
I Love You 1994. And that came out on the 13th of July. So if you're interested to hear more about what he has to say about this this movie, then I'd recommend that by I Saw What You Did podcast. And it all sort of links, uh, in terms of um, Octavia Spencer's involvement, the director also was the producer for The Help. And uh, initially, when they were thinking about the person for the role of uh, the character of Ma, then the director, Tate Taylor, uh, said, well, what about Octavia Spencer? And then it ended up that she 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 really wanted to play. I think Scotty uh, said on, on the podcast that she felt that she, or maybe I read it somewhere, that she often was cast in very similar roles. Mm. And so she like jumped at the chance to play this because it is quite different. And obviously in a horror, it's a very different type of movie that she's been in fr- before. And there's also a uh, great... Uh, as always, uh, Alice, Alice and Janney is in there and she provides a great performance. Alice and Janney is an actor that improves whatever she's in. Oh, yeah. And she's not really even a very big part. She's in it probably two, three, four times in in various scenes, but like just steals the scene each time. And uh, so she's actually Sue Ann's boss, um, Sue Ann, um, sorry, who is Ma. Um, that's her actual name, and yeah, she gets she kind of gets the name Ma uh, when the kids initially speak with her, and one of them just calls her Ma offhand, and she's like, hmm, okay, um, but then sort of adopts this this nickname. Um, but yeah, so she works at a veterinary clinic with Alice and Janney, uh, who is the vet, and she's supposed to be you know checking in the patients and doing paperwork and such, but she's always like preoccupied, and and Alice and Janney's character is always having a go at her like put your phone away concentrate on your job and all this sort of thing so that adds in to to the tension as well well great so what is your uh, horror pick for the friday fight night for next month F- friday fight night fight night is that what i said <laughs> I think friday so. fright night <laughs> i should uh, learn to pronounce my words enunciate better. chris enunciate friday fright night Next time, yes, do yep. uh, put it on your watch list, is Fear Street Part 1. Oh, yes, yes. These are recently come out on Netflix. That's right. So the blurb is that a circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shadyside. Oh, okay. So that is what we were just. I I think I'll make an effort to try and watch this one, even if it's behind uh, my fingers or a pillow. I'm very excited that with you... all, with all the lights on and uh, at ten o'clock in the morning, uh, <laughs> with all the curtains open. Okay, well, sure. I I might watch it at three a.m. Uh, in darkness the night before, just so that I get the full experience. Then and I'll re- sure I'll rewatch it with you. Sure thing. Okay, that's fair enough. Right, and finally, it is part four, films on free-to-air television. Sam, what do we have coming up that you would recommend? All right, tonight, Friday the 23rd of July at 9pm, we have Angels and Demons on 5 USA. Okay, this is uh, based on the Dan Brown book. That's right. I picked this mainly because there wasn't much else going on, (laughs) but also, (laughs) of of those books, and I did read... The three, um, so you had Angel and Demons, Da Vinci Code, and a third one. 
I forget. Yes, uh, um, it wasn't that. It wasn't it'll, that great. It'll come to me. Yeah. it'll come to me. <laughs> but of those books, I thought Angels and Demons was actually the best one. I know Da Vinci Code had like massive like promotion. Everyone was reading it, and obviously it had the the TV the the TV show the film came out first into it? it was the first one that was made and then angels and demons was made later although yep. actually angels and demons is a prequel to the da vinci code yes inferno is the inferno third one. did i read that one maybe i didn't read that one that's probably why i don't know it doesn't matter but yeah so angel and demons the main reason i thought it was the more interesting of those two at least uh da vinci code and, and um angel and demons was because <laughs> it had a very loose science science fiction <laughs> element in yeah. which a antimatter bomb or at least a um chamber or container of antimatter had been stolen which of course would easily become a uh, bomb as such because if you release the antimatter into any matter based which is everything around us um space then it would interact with the matter and annihilate everything to how much energy was uh, you know how much antimatter versus matter was available so that element alone really was um the reason i preferred angel and demons but i also just thought like it was a much more interesting story than the da vinci code like the da vinci code felt a lot more i mean i don't know they're both quite procedural and i don't know following i, I, I following one clue to the next i saw when I saw The Da Vinci Code, uh, which I've only seen once, but I thought it was terrible. But then I saw Angels and Demons, I thought it was an improvement on The Da Vinci Code as a film. But yes, there, there did seem to be a bit of a... It's sort of a mystery film, but you, you don't, as an audience member, get ready to work out what the mystery is. You just have people go, oh, this is what this clue means. Let's go there. Yeah. And they run off to there. And there's people just running between parts of places in Rome. Yeah. So, Yeah. So we've really sold it to you. Uh, that's on Friday. Uh, that's tonight at 9pm. Uh, what do we have on Saturday? I see you've got quite a selection. Yeah, I picked a few different ones, two of which are on roughly the same time, so you'd have to decide or record one or something. But yeah, there wasn't too much uh, on this week. I don't know if it's because um, schools are kicking out and so people aren't really watching TV or what, but we have at 3.15pm, Ants with a Z. Uh, yes. 1998, if you remember that far back, Chris, on ITV2. Um, I saw this at the cinema. You saw that one at the cinema, did you? I did indeed. Did you also see A Bug's Life? I did indeed. Around a similar time as, as Ants came out. Yeah. <laughs> Two animated films about ants. Yeah. Um, but I I think both of them have their own merit. Mm -hmm. Yes. I... I, I do struggle to remember which storyline is from which movie, <laughs> but I would happily watch this again, having not seen it for many years. And so, yeah, tune into ITV2 at 3.15pm. Sure thing. Okay. And uh, a bit later on Saturday? Yeah, we have on E4 at 6.40pm, Deep Impact, also from 1998 mm. that uh, originally came out. And um, also around that time, a second... <laughs> Uh, Armageddon-based movie With, uh, called Armageddon. Ar Armageddon, yes. Yeah. Uh, in which Basically, the late '90s was just movie studios battling out so you could get their thing released first. Was um so was like Dante's Peak and Volcano come? Uh, was that in the yep. late '90s? Oh. Yeah, yeah, that was like 
seven or something like Excellent. that. Okay, so we see where that, yeah, um, that's obvious now in retrospect. I'm sure, I'm sure it was obvious at the time, but I was like 10, so. Yeah, so Deep Impact, again, from the two, Armageddon versus Deep Impact, uh, both of which are about a meteorite or a meteor um, hurtling towards the Earth, you know, devastation, end of the end of the human race, etc. <laughs> <laughs> Just cash, casually end of the human race. I personally think that Deep Impact was the more deeply rooted in emotion and horror, personally, for me. Yeah. Because- much more about the sort of um, human side of it, isn't it? And yeah. And whatnot. It's about, yeah, it's about those individual relationships, families, who gets to be saved, potentially, who doesn't. Uh, whereas Armageddon is a, a race against time, action, let's get these oil drilling folk up onto an asteroid to do the thing they can do on the earth really well but now they have to do it in space <laughs> and somehow magic magically have gravity on a space on a space shuttle but uh, yeah but we'll just pass that by um so yeah i think deep impact was a much better movie and it has morgan freeman so what more could you want exactly and then if you don't want to watch uh, the horrors of the human race being wiped out you can enjoy school of rock over on itv2 at 6 45 p.m another film one that i saw at the cinema uh but two an unadulterated classic i think so yeah i think it really holds up well there's yes. a there's a lot of uh, very affirmative positivity around bringing confidence to young people who may not feel very confident in themselves, have these talents, don't know how to bring them out. But also, yeah, just fun. It's Jack Black. He, you know, he's he brings a lot of fun to the movie, and you can just sit and enjoy it and be entertained. And uh, the the glorious Joan Cusack as the uh, head head teacher of the school is always wonderful <laughs> yes she is she is great isn't she as well so so that's saturday dealt with and we're skipping ahead to monday what's on monday sam on monday at 9 p.m on the horror channel is legion oh one of your favorites i know yeah i do i did really i do really enjoy this movie um it's about where to start uh it's about <laughs> the archangel michael i believe Mm. I'm saying that with confidence. Are you saying? Are you saying <laughs> do, would you like me to fact check this as you're going? Sure. Keep, keep talking, and I'll. Uh, but I find think out for I you. think what um, I really sort of enjoy about Legion and other sort of similar similar movies where they're taking sort of biblical characters and putting them into either modern day or other sort of scenarios and and stories that are like are either you know either completely removed from. Bible stories or are tangential in some way um, or are like a modern take on them. It's just, I don't know, I just, I, I, I find that like quite a fun, interesting look at the stories in in the Bible um, and bringing, bringing them into modern day. I, I, it's hard to explain exactly, but another example would be Dogma, which is a brilliant movie. Yes. About two angels that, yeah, trying to, trying to, get their wings back. You were correct. It is the Archangel Michael, by the way. Excellent. So yeah, in this movie, they are trying to protect a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it came out in 2010. It was such a long time ago. Um, and then the, the they've got, you know, these, these, these characters that are obviously wanting to maybe murder the baby for some reason. And so they end up in this, like fight battle good versus evil 
And I just think I just know I just think it it was a good movie that drew upon so, lots of interesting bits and pieces. So basically, in summation, it's about a uh, a pregnant waitress um, uh, who is yeah due to have a baby anytime soon, and um, but at the same time, God has lost faith in mankind and sent his angels to destroy the human race. There we go. Archangel Michael does not agree with the said decision. Uh, he's played by Paul Bettany. He comes in and he he has to come and rescue. Um, uh, Charlie, that's her name, uh, her baby, who is going to be humanity's saviour. Okay, so we'll just cut all the bit where I rambled and go to what you just said there, Chris. Perfect. Thank yeah, you for that. Cool. That's quite all right. Anyway, what's on for Tuesday? Tuesday, uh, we have at 9pm on Film 4, Jumanji, colon, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh. So not original Jumanji, um, but... 2017's it's not it's not even a remake is it it's sort of a continuation of but it's not necessarily like a direct sequel or anything like that at the same time i I don't think so it's like there's references to the other the original it's within the same universe in which jumanji the original took place and the game has evolved potentially it's no longer a board game but a video game and it's down in a dusty basement. Um, some school children have uh, gotten detention and they have to clear out some some junk from the school basement and they find this in like a lost and found or confiscated equipment box. And they, you know, say, oh, just five minutes, we'll just play for five minutes and then we'll carry on with our detention, you know, as you do. And so... As with the original Jumanji, they end up being sucked into the game and have to fight their way out with the potential of, uh, you know, losing enough lives that they won't ever leave, be able to leave the game. And yeah, I think it's a quite a fun and entertaining movie with a sort of body swap scenario where you've got these uh, teenagers who then end up playing, are being played by uh, the computer game characters who are, um, we've got Jack Black. We've got your second Jack Black movie. Yes, that's very true. Uh, we've got um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You can get there. Amy, no, that was her name in Doctor Who. Um, no, I don't. I don't know, Chris. Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan of of, and... of British fame, and another person, Kevin Hart. Thank you. I yeah. I'm sorry, everyone. I really don't know anyone's names um, <laughs> or faces. It's very de- anyway. Um, it's a whole other listener. You don't need to be uh, burdened with Sam's uh, facial and uh, name recognition problems. No. So yeah. So then. So they're you know they're playing these teenage characters that we've just seen. So it's kind of like a Freaky Friday body swap type thing. So it's quite a fun uh, in that respect as well. And obviously, there's action and horror. Well, horror in as much as that. They've got to like try and get away from all the things that are trying to kill them. But yeah, a very fun sort of afternoon at 9pm on a Tuesday movie. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, thank you very much, Sam, uh, for uh, all of your uh, picks for choices on film to free to air TV and cinema and for discussing Mar. So remember uh, Fear Street Part 1. That's what we're going to talk about next. If you have any... uh, things you'd like to say uh, about Fear Street Part 1. If you'd like to contact us, uh, please contact Sam at sam at com. 
uh, sam at stalbanspodcast.com. And uh, we'll see you again very soon. <laughs>